guys, it's Simmy, and this is Wrestling Unlimited, as it's Friday, and this is the Wrestling Wrap-Up. A handful of news brought to you in one easy-to-watch video. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. We've got, we're breaking this, we're, we're doing a little differently now. I've got a new format <clears throat> that I want to do for this show. We're going to get all the main stories, like the bigger, maybe not even main's not the right word. We're going to do the bigger stories first. And then we'll give you all the quick hits instead of just like, here's all the WWE stuff. Here's all the AEW stuff. And we got quick hits all spewed in. So now it's more of, here's just everything that's the bigger stories. And then we'll hit you with all the quick stuff. Like, hey, like, for instance, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight-ish main stories, and then four quick hits. They're all like, we can hit all of these in less than three, four minutes. We'll do that at the end of the show. Just trying to break things up and give the show a little bit of a different format, new feel, and a new vibe going forward. But with that, as far as what we're going to talk about today, plans for Roman Reigns on the road to WrestleMania and how that could impact when he fights The Rock and Cody Rhodes as well. We're going to talk about Gable Steveson and his potential plans. One rumored name for the Royal Rumble saying no chance in hell. Sting's last match and what's going on with that. One prominent name in AEW's contract being up soon. Another AEW wrestler working injured. WBD touting their ratings. But with that, I want to say thank you for joining us here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited. YouTube.com forward slash pro wrestling unlimited and pod excuse me podcast services all around the globe like stitcher spotify google pod app pod anchor iHeartRadio, radio and so much more remember if you are watching us live on twitch you can help us out a couple of different ways you can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating twitch bits in the live chat also remember you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways you can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime, because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month, and I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also remember, head over to YouTube, hit that subscribe button, that way you know when we go live or post new videos, or maybe even post things in the community tab, hit that join button become a channel member to support the channel and also remember to put your super chats in the live chat that way you make sure that your question comment or concern does get read live on the air finally head over to the epic game store head over to the epic game store and buy something whether you're buying a new game whether you're buying an old game whether you're claiming a free game or getting bucks for rocket league fortnite or fall guys use this code right here pw unlimited at checkout and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Right now, the free game is now. If you didn't claim Guardians of the Galaxy, I feel for you because you should have. But the free game now is Sale Forth. I've never played it, but I've heard good things about it. So go on there and claim it. Type in code PWUnlimited at checkout. Takes you no more. I just did it right here. No more than 20 seconds. And yeah, you get a free game. And we get a little bit of a kickback from it. Also, if you're doing that for Fortnite, Fall Guys. Rocket League, buying stuff, put in this code right here, and it supports us at no extra cost to you. 
Let me turn my fan on, and then we'll get into the news. So as far as <clears throat> the news does go, first news topic, first news story, the first thing we're going to talk about, Roman Reigns and what's going on with his schedule. When could he be facing The Rock? This write-up does come from Joseph Courier of F4W Online. As I state the following, doesn't look like Australia will be the venue for Rock versus, for Roman Reigns versus The Rock. While there have been speculation that Reigns versus Rock could take place at Elimination Chamber, Dave Meltzer reports in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter that Reigns isn't scheduled for that event, and there are no plans for him to be added right now. The show is being held at the Opus Optus Arena in Perth, Australia on Saturday, February 24th. Meltzer writes, quote, Regarding the Reigns vs. Rock match, while I presume it's WrestleMania and could possibly be a three-way with Rhodes, but I don't think that will come out until many weeks from now, what we did have confirmed is the Australia rumors aren't accurate. And let me, let me, let me, let me just say something here really fast. I don't think calling these the Australia rumors is quite the right way to go because it, how do I explain it? They weren't real rumors. It was people saying, hey, so Cody doesn't lose his mania match. Here's what they should do. That's what I did. I never said I heard anything or this is rumored to take place in Elimination Chamber. I said the Rock Roman Reigns match should be at Elimination Chamber. So calling these rumors of Rock versus Reigns at Elimination Chamber, I don't think is factually correct because there were never any rumors. It was more of, hey, a lot of fans would like to see this instead. It's going to be a big show. There's going to be forty five to 50,000 people there if they can sell it out, which I think they will, which they've already done over forty five, but there's still like 4,000 seats left or tickets left. There's going to be over 50,000 people there in the, in the end. But regardless, I don't think there was ever any actual like I'm hearing this this is being rumored it was more of they should do the match at Elimination Chamber instead so anyways back to what Meltzer wrote Reigns is not even scheduled for the show he's never been advertised and there are no plans for him that date right for him on that date right now Rock made a surprise return to WWE on day one edition of Monday Night Raw at the end of the appearance, The Rock teased wanting to go sit at the head of the table and facing Roman Reigns. Paul Heyman cut a promo on SmackDown last week, responding to The Rock's comments. Heyman said that Rock hasn't been invited to the table, nor will he be. Now, he's speculating again. With those comments from Paul Heyman saying, well, The Rock's not been invited to come to the head of the table. The Rock's not even been invited to the table, and we're not going to invite him. Does that mean that The Rock has to win the Royal Rumble to face Roman Reigns because Roman is not going to give him the match straight up. That's another thing to look at with those comments from Paul Heyman. A Reigns vs. Rock match was planned for WrestleMania 39 last year at one point, but didn't end up happening. Instead, Reigns retained the undisputed WWE Universal Heavyweight Championship Excuse me, against Cody Rhodes. Rhodes told Sports Illustrated earlier this week that despite the returns of The Rock and CM Punk, he isn't flinching on his goal of headlining WrestleMania 40 against Reigns. 
The Rock is the great one. He's still electrifying, Rhodes said. CM Punk is one of the greatest stars in the history of wrestling. I know what I'm up against. Look at the roster. It's loaded with stars. But that doesn't bother me. I'm not flinching. I'm not rooting against anyone else. I'm just working to make it happen. WrestleMania 40 is taking place in Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia on Saturday, April 6th and Sunday, April 7th. Reigns' next undisputed WWE Universal Heavyweight Championship defense will be taking place later this month at the Royal Rumble in a four-way against Randy Orton, LA Knight, and AJ Styles. Now, I have seen some, actually many, on social media going, they don't need the title for Roman versus Rock. They don't need the belt there. Have somebody like Randy Orton pin LA Knight or AJ Styles, win the title, and then it's Cody and Randy for the title at WrestleMania. I've seen the people on Twitter say that. I don't know if that's the route I want to go. I think it's twofold now with Cody finishing the story. I don't think it's just Cody winning the title. Now the story has evolved into Cody winning the title, but now... Because of last year, he wants redemption, and he wants to beat Roman for the title. So that's like where I'm like, a Cody-Randy match would be cool and make sense and have history. But now the story has evolved to, I want to take the title off of Roman. Because he beat me last year at WrestleMania. So, so much going on. So much that we still don't know about. WrestleMania is, let's see, Alexa. How many weeks till April 6th? We have 12 weeks till WrestleMania. And so in that time, we also have Royal Rumble. We also have Elimination Chamber to set all of this up. Cody maybe doesn't win the Royal Rumble. Maybe Cody wins Elimination Chamber like I predicted. But again, going back to Paul Heyman's comments of, you know, The Rock has not been invited to the table, and he's not going to be invited to the table. That almost sounds like, well, if Rock wants to fight Roman, he's got to win the Rumble. And I know Meltzer did state something about that as well. Let me go pull it up really quickly in the Observer. Uh, Wrestling Observer. Let's go here. A lot to the Observer, so sometimes it takes a minute to load the whole thing up. Because Dave writes a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. All right, let me see. Where did he... Um... Um, let me see if I can find this now. Now, I don't see where he wrote that. I know I read it earlier. Um. Okay. I think I found it here. Give me two seconds just to double check. This is it. Okay, so Meltzer wrote about Rock possibly being in the Rumble and everything. He said, Punk and Rhodes are the obvious favorites to win with Gunther, Knight, and Rock following. 
The idea of Rock as a surprise rumble entrant coming in late and winning was discussed for past years when there was the idea of him headlining WrestleMania. So nobody has advertised it, and it probably won't happen. I wouldn't reject it as a possibility. Obviously, this is completely up to Dwayne Johnson. The usual protocol is that one world title challenger would win the Rumble Rumble and the other Elimination Chamber. So Dave is saying that The Rock coming in and winning the Rumble has been discussed in the past, but it's not something that has been talked about for this year, as at least not yet, as we are, what, two weeks away from the Rumble now? So, yeah, two weeks from tomorrow is the Royal Rumble. But so much to think here, and now it's just like, okay, so then here's the other question. If it's Rock and Roman at WrestleMania, does The Rock work two nights? I mean, does Roman work two nights, face The Rock in night one, win, and then go face Cody night two? Does he do that? If not, and there's only Rock Roman, and Roman doesn't work another match, who does Cody even face? Does anything other than the world title match, the WWE Undisputed Universal Heavyweight Championship match against Roman, does anything else feel like a step down or a letdown for Cody? Who else would you like to see Cody Rhodes face at WrestleMania if it's not going to be Roman for the belt? And I know some people are like, well, let him go face Seth for the world title. That's not the title he wants. That's not completing the story. And that's most likely Seth and Punk. Punk has been adamant since returning to WWE. I'm going to main event WrestleMania. He didn't say this year, but one year. That's his goal. That's his story. And he didn't say, I want to win the title at WrestleMania. He said, my goal is to main event WrestleMania. Remember, he's come close to being in the main event. WrestleMania was 29. He faced Roman Reigns. Or not Roman Reigns. I'm dumb. The The Undertaker. And that's like the closest, biggest WrestleMania match that I can think of that he's had. Now, what did we get? CM Punk and Jericho one year, but that was like way down on the card. That was not a main event. Uh, I think WrestleMania 28. Yeah, that was WrestleMania 28. CM Punk and Chris Jericho. It was like, those are the two biggest matches he's had at WrestleMania. The Undertaker match and the Jericho match with the WWE title on the line. But neither of those were main events. Both of those shows were headlined by Cena and Rock. Those were the main events. If I'm thinking correctly. WrestleMania... 28, I know 29 was, yeah, so 28 was The Rock, once once in a lifetime, John Cena versus The Rock, and then they literally did it again the next year, so it's technically twice in a lifetime, but yeah, I don't know what they do with Cody if it's not the Roman match, like, you set up a feud with Randy Orton, but he's on the other show, Randy's the babyface, Cody's the babyface, how does that work, does Cody go out and face like who's Nakamura again? That would be a little bit of a letdown. But if you look at the WWE roster, let me pull this up on the screen. And now it's WrestleMania, so you can kind of set up anything you want. So let's look at active wrestlers on the roster. <coughs> let's pull this up on the screen. 
got this right here. It's like, okay, uh, Cody and AJ, that'd be a great match. Cody and... Going, going, Bobby Lashley, that wouldn't be a bad match. Cody and Brock, we did three of those in 2023, so we don't need another one of those. Maybe Braun Breaker comes up to the main roster and challenges Cody to a match going, so I hear you're the top dog around here as far as everyone loves you. You're the most popular. You work more matches than anybody. Well, how about I want to take that spot? Because if you really think about it, Roman is the champion, the quote-unquote top dog, but Cody's the real face of WWE. Cody's the real main guy in the company. I'm um, scrolling through here. Not going to be Punk because Punk wants to work Seth. That's going to be Punk and Seth most likely. Drew McIntyre maybe. Maybe Drew still does his woe is me stuff. And then Cody comes out and goes, Drew, cut it. Stop it. You're, you're annoying everybody. No one wants to see this anymore. No one wants to hear this from you anymore. You can't get the big one done. And then he's like, oh, I can't get the big one done. How about I fight you at the big stage? So there's another one there. But then that would be like Cody kind of being a dick. At the same time, towards Drew, I don't know. Don't, don't, don't. Uh, that's your Finn Balor right here. Don't do like Finn and Jay for the tag titles or something. Gunther, but then that would be a step down. Cody going for the IC title. Even though that match would be so good. Oh my God, would that match be great? Cody versus Gunther at WrestleMania. Holy crap. I mean, if they bring in John Cena and have John Cena fight Cody somehow, like I don't know what the storyline would be, but that would maybe, 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 maybe be the only comparable thing is if they can get Cody versus John Cena. But if we keep looking here, Cody and KO would be a good match, but still a letdown from what we want, what Cody's been teasing. Uh, L.A. Knight and Cody Rhodes it just wouldn't make sense, but it would be pretty good, especially the back and forths. Cody and Logan Paul, with Logan Paul not being the U.S. champion, if he drops it to KO at the Rumble. <clears throat> um, as we keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah, that's really all that I see. I mean, a Randy match. Or a Ray match. There's, there's history with, with both of those. Because Cody and Ray have fought at WrestleMania before. Cody Rhodes. Was that WrestleMania 27? I'm going to look that up really fast. Yeah, that was WrestleMania 27. And then him and Randy. You just, him and Randy. I mean, there's no... You don't have to explain that one. But... If we're looking, like, not many matches here make sense for Cody this year. Like, the Roman match, and then maybe Cena. Because the only other one that would really make much sense, in my opinion. That would really not be a letdown. Trey says, Cody versus Nick Aldis. That'd still be a letdown, and why would you do that? What, what would signal for that to happen? Like, what would the storyline even be there? I don't like that at all. <clears throat> so, like the only two things that make sense to me, 
Like the, the, it should be Cody Roman. But if not, then maybe Cody Cena. If Cena's even available, that's the other big question. Is Cena even available? <coughs> now, the one last thing that I wanted to bring up with all of this, with The Rock and coming back and this and that, was a Instagram post from The Rock yesterday. Or no, two days ago now at this point. And that I want to pull up here on the screen. I'm not going to play the video, but I wanted to read the caption really fast. It states, quote, these electrifying nights are so special and unforgettable. The connection with the people, the energy, the vibe, the authenticity, disruption, love, mana, the chills. And now we make history, raise the bar, and do things that have never been done before in WWE. That's the line right there. And do things that have never been done before in WWE. When The Rock was on the Pat McAfee show, he talked about the match at WrestleMania 39 was supposed to happen, but the way that they were going to build it up was not what The Rock wanted, and other things kind of hindered that match from happening. The Rock said if he is going to do a match with Roman Reigns, he wants it done in a way that's never been done before. He wants this to be something new and different. And now he's teasing that on Instagram again. And now we make history. He said he wanted to do something historic that's never been done. Raise the bar and do things that have never been done before. So what are those things that have never been done before? What could that be that he's wanting to do here? That I have no earthly idea what it could be. I don't know at all. And again, that's one of the things that hindered last year's match. He said that the way I wanted to do it and the way that we at one point we're going to do it just didn't end up being able to happen. So we'll see. We'll see how that all does go. But as we move on here, our other big topic of the show, Sting. And Sting's last match. This write-up does come from Joseph Courier of F4W Online as he writes the following. In the new edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer explained how the Young Bucks were chosen for Sting's final match. This week's AEW Dynamite ended with it being revealed that the Young Bucks will be part of Sting's retirement match. It was set up that Sting and Darby Allin will be facing Matt and Nick Jackson at this year's AEW Revolution in March. The Young Bucks made their return to AEW television for Wednesday's angle. Meltzer notes that the Young Bucks were originally supposed to have more of a time off, but Sting asked for them to be his retirement match opponents. Part of the reason for the choice is because Sting loved working with the Young Bucks in the trios match they had at Forbidden Door 2022. Meltzer writes, quote, Tony Khan was going to give Sting the option to pick whoever he wanted to face, and that would include pretty much anyone on the AEW roster or most other rosters besides WWE since Khan would have given him any match he wanted that involved talent he could have access to. When he was asked who he wanted to face, they, they were his choice. As he loved doing the Forbidden Door 2022 match in Chicago, Sting, Darby Allin, and Shingo Takagi against the Young Bucks and El Phantasmo. The Young Bucks were originally going to take more time off before returning, but Sting asked them, and they weren't about to turn that down. 
So AW Revolution will be taking place in Greensboro Coliseum. That's where they will be hosting Revolution on Sunday, March 3rd. And the big focus for that show, again, like we stated, is Sting's final match. We saw Jim Ross, which we're going to talk about here in the next story, also recently said that he wants to be on the call for Sting's retirement match with Shivani. So that would be really cool because Jim Ross and Shivani called a lot of those early Sting matches in WCW when Sting was first coming up. So we'll see how that all goes into everything. But it's like, oh, is if, if it's the match Sting wants, then that's what Sting's going to get. Is it the match the fans really want? I don't know. But is it really up to us in the long run? No. It is not our choice. It is not our decision. It is not what we want. Yes, I've already griped on social media. Yes, I've seen everybody else gripe on social media. But in the end, if this is what Sting wants for his final match, then we can't crap on it anymore. We can't dog on it. We can't shit on it. We can't talk down on it if that's the match he wants. Now, I've always been of the impression when we first started hearing of Sting's going to retire soon, Sting's going to retire soon, I always thought the most logical match was him versus Darby. He's done all this stuff with Darby in AEW, and so why don't you pass the torch to Darby being the new Sting? Now, he's not Sting, I will say that, but you pass that torch to him as like Sting saying, this is the guy that I have said is going to lead pro wrestling into the future. But each their own. If this is what Sting wants, if Sting does not want the singles match, if Sting wants his tag team match, and he wants a tag team match against the Young Bucks, then we can't shit on it anymore because it's not like this is what Tony has decided on. This is what the Young Bucks asked to do. They asked to be in this match. No, Sting asked for them. Now, speaking of all of this, this actually plays into this as well. Tony Schiavone was speaking on Rock 106.1 and talked about the closing segment with Sting on Dynamite this week, stating, quote, when Sting came off the balcony, did the scorpion death drop on the table, I had gotten up from the broadcast position and walked behind. I watched it on TV because I had to go out and do an interview with him after. I walked out and people were going crazy. I walked in the ring. I stepped in the ring. And Bryce Remsburg, the referee, says, quote, hang on a second. We're not so sure how hurt he is. Which, let me go off of Shivani's quote here for a second. Told you, called it. I said it as soon as that match ended. I said it on the podcast Wednesday. They think Sting may have been hurt. Anyways, back to Shivani. I stood there, and Bryce said, quote, he'll be okay. Sting got up, looked around, and I had the microphone down. And I said, quote, you're an idiot. You know that, don't you? You don't have to do this. Fans love you. You don't have to do this. He doesn't for his age to do crazy things. So I think that was, I thought that was a really funny quote of him telling Sting, Hey, you don't got to go out there and do this stupid stuff anymore. Fans are going to love you no matter what you do. But I also wanted to read that because that did play into, they thought Sting was hurt. They thought Sting could have been injured off of that spot. Granted, they rolled him into the ring. He popped himself up and he was good to go, but he fell hit the back of his head on the on the mats, on the floor. And immediately, like I said, Rick tried to help him up. Rick's like, hey, you need help up. Bryce was like, back up, back up, back up, doctor, doctor, doctor. So, yeah, very, very interesting. 
as we move on to our next news story, which still kind of plays into all of this, Jim Ross recently spoke about his contract and recently spoke about wanting to call Sting's last match in March, even though his contract is up in February. This write-up has come from Ethan Renner of F4W Online as he writes the following. Hall of Fame announcer Jim Ross says his AEW contract expires next month, but he hopes that he can be on the call for Sting's last match of Revolution in March. Ross opened up on his AEW contract status on this week's episode of the Grill and JR podcast, where he revealed that his deal expires on February 14th. Ross also said that he had a conversation with AEW owner Tony Schiavone, or Tony Khan, actually, I, wrote, I read this wrong, Tony Khan, about being on the commentary team with Tony Schiavone for Sting's final match on March 3rd. In uh, an aside during the podcast, co-host Conrad Thompson asked Ross if his contract expires next month. Conrad stated, quote, that's the day our contract's up. On Valentine's Day? Ross says, yeah. Ross explained again that he had a conversation with Khan on, at this week's Dynamite regarding working with Shivani on, at Revolution. He stated, quote, I mentioned that to Tony Khan last night. He agreed. It's only right. It makes sense. How can I say this without sounding like a turd? I think there's money in Shivani and I working together, not just in Greensboro, but going forward, sporadically. And we have great chemistry. We're never lost. We've never lost that. If he and I are doing the match with Sting and company, I believe it's the right thing to do. I need to get signed up so I can be there. In discussing uh, regarding Sting's last match, likely being Sting and Darby Allen in a tag team match against the Young Bucks, as teased on Wednesday's Dynamite, Ross stated, quote, I think the Young Bucks are great opponents. Ross went on to say that he hopes to end his career in AEW, stating, I'd like to finish up in AEW. I love working with them. So it sounds like maybe Jim Ross isn't looking for anything long-term with AEW once his contract expires on February 14th. And this is just me speculating based off of his comments. I don't have any insight, and I'm not trying to speak for, for, for Jim Ross. But it sounds like potentially Jim Ross... Doesn't want to sign anything long-term, but at least wants to be there through March and a little bit past that. Because he stated, and let me go back to that quote. How can I say this without being a turd? I think there's money in Shivani and I working together. Not just in Greensboro, but going forward sporadically. He still wants to do more with AEW. He still wants to do more commentary with Tony Shivani but he's not looking for anything full-time, which we know he hasn't done a lot of anything full-time in a while with AEW. So we'll see where this all does lead to. I think it would be super cool, and no offense, Excalibur, you pull Excalibur off the call for that main event, and it's just Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross in Greensboro calling Sting's last match. How nostalgia would that be? Again, no offense to Excalibur, their lead lead announcer for pay-per-views and whatnot. But how cool would it be if it's Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone, just those two? That would be so awesome. Now, as we move forward, we're going to talk about Gable Steveson. There's been a lot of talk about what he's doing with his career, whether that is WWE or going back to college wrestling. 
The write-up does come from Joseph Courier of F4W Online as he writes the following. Olympic gold medalist Gable Stevenson is focusing on his WWE career instead of making a return to college wrestling. Stevenson stated last summer that he planned to return to the University of Minnesota in 2024 for his final year of college eligibility. At the time, Stevenson said that he would ne need to sort out his scheduling details with WWE before making his return official. The University of Minnesota head wrestling coach Brandon Egham shared an update on Thursday announcing that Stevenson won't be competing for the school this season. Eggman said that WWE prefers that Stevenson is solely focused on pro wrestling at this time. Uh, let me pull up the... Let me see. Um, so he stated, Unfortunately, Stevenson will not be able to compete for us this season. He's a great competitor. He's always wanted to compete for the University of Minnesota, but ultimately... The WWE would prefer that he's solely focused on his professional wrestling career at this time. So whenever he's not at the WWE Performance Center down in Florida, he's up here in our realm working out with the heavyweights, which is awesome. Egan said the University of Minnesota can't thank Stevenson enough for his impact he's had on their wrestling program. Egan said that they're looking forward to watching Stevenson's career in WWE moving forward. WWE announced the signing of Stevenson in September of 2021. He's only had one televised match since then, facing Baron Corbin at the NXT Great American Bash event in 2023. The match was six minutes long and ended in a double countout. The crowd turned against Stevenson in the match and cheered for Corbin. Stephen has wrestled at NXT events and house shows since then. Last Friday, he also worked a dark match against Cedric Alexander before SmackDown. Abel Stevenson is booked to be at tonight's SmackDown tapings likely doing another dark match. And he is also booked for future episodes of SmackDown as well. Mike Johnson, a PW Insider, also confirmed this, stating that Gable Stevenson is expected at tonight's SmackDown in Lincoln, Nebraska. So, yeah. Unclear exactly what the plans for Gable Stevenson will be in WWE, but that's his sole focus now. He is not going back to college wrestling, the University of Minnesota. He's going to focus on WWE and do what they want with him there. It is interesting that they're bringing him into SmackDowns because they usually don't do that till they think you're ready for the main roster. So do they, A, think he's ready for the main roster, or B, just want him for name notoriety on the main roster? And that's why they're giving him all this stuff, all these matches. Because again, he worked a dark match last week against Cedric Alexander. I didn't hear how the match went, but then he's got another potential match tonight because they're not going to bring Gable Stevenson to SmackDown if he's not going to work a dark match. I highly, highly doubt that they fly him in just for him to be there. Now, if they want him to learn the ropes of the main roster and not work a match but learn being on the road, that's one thing. But I don't think that's the thing. I think they want him working in front of these bigger crowds. I think they want him working main roster talent to evaluate where he's at. Whether they think he's ready for that or just want to super fast track him, that's a whole other story. But as of right now, Gable Stevenson is solely focused on WWE. Now, with Gable Stevenson getting all these main roster looks, there's a potential that he's in the Royal Rumble. One man that says he's not going to be in the Royal Rumble, even though there are rumors that he could be in the Royal Rumble, is old Sean Waltman X-Pac, as Sean Waltman stated the following. 
And this write-up just come from, again, another Joseph Courier from FW Online. As he states, quote, John Xbox Waltman is claiming that there's no chance he'll be in the 2024 Royal Rumble. Though he's been rumored as a potential surprise entrant, Waltman posted on a tweet Thursday saying that there's zero chance he'll be in the WWE Royal Rumble. Waltman said he can still go in the ring at least for a few minutes, but he won't be able to get in shape in time for the Rumble, Waltman stated, quote, I can still go at the drop of a hat, but at least for a few, but, or at least for a few minutes. I can do all my kicks, except the one in the corner, and I can do that again with a few weeks training. I'm at least a month away from taking my shirt off in public, so zero, zero chance I'll be in the rumble. And we can take this a couple of different ways, because Mike Johnson of PW Insider did report on January 2nd that there were word going around WWE in the Performance Center that Waltman would be at the facility that week. That's what then led to many people thinking, oh, if he's going to be at the PC, does that mean he's going to be on the Rumble and at the Rumble and in the Rumble? Maybe he's just there as the guest coach that week. We don't know. Remember, the Royal Rumble this year is in Tampa. PC's in Orlando. Not too far of a drive. What is that, like a two, three-hour drive? Tampa... To Orlando Drive. A two-hour drive. I make that drive all the time. I do two-hour drives all the time. So, there could be a couple of things here. A, like I said, maybe he's just going to be at the Performance Center that week as a guest coach. B, maybe he's doing this to deflect, and he is going to be in the Rumble, and he's just saying he's not, so we don't expect him. Or B, He's telling the truth, and he's just not going to be in the Rumble. That's the thing you got to look at. There's three things here. A, B, C. He's only going to be at the PC as a coach. He's not going to be at the PC, and all this is true, or it's a deflection to make us think he's not going to be in the match. Think what you want. He says no. And moving forward, looks like WWE is working on a Bray Wyatt project. It's unclear exactly What's going to happen with this project? But Mike Johnson of PW Insider does write the following. WWE has been working on a Bray Wyatt project over the course of this week. PWInsider.com has confirmed. Bo Dallas has been interviewed for the project and was in Pittsburgh this week for the company. Pittsburgh is where Colossum Studio is located. Jason Baker of Colossum was the creator of the Bray Wyatt Fiend mask and likely the Uncle Howdy mask as well. It stands to reason that WWE filmed some uh, filled some content there as well. Now, there's no word on whether this is a project for WWE Digital, maybe YouTube, or the beginnings of something greater for the WWE Network, A&E, or etc. If and when we do confirm how and when the project will be released, we will update you. So this is cool. They're filming stuff for a potential upcoming Bray Wyatt project, whether that is just clips for social media, stuff for their YouTube channel, or like Johnson says, something greater, a WWE network slash Peacock thing, an A&E documentary or more. I'm totally down for this. Whatever you want to do, honor Bray Wyatt, talk about his career and anything else around surrounding it. Gimme, 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 gimme. I love it. I love the idea. Whether this is going to be 
a hopefully it's a solo thing and it's not like oh they're doing another episode uh, another season of wwe evil on the network and there's a bray wyatt episode no if you're gonna do a bray wyatt project like this you do a full bray wyatt only thing like the cody rhodes doc like the angle doc that both were on peacock now this could be and this would suffice a biography episode of um bray wyatt Maybe they're doing it for A&E and biography. So that could be a whole other thing as well. But we don't really have, like I said, any other news on what's going to come of this. Yeah, very cool to hear that WWE is working on some sort of a Bray Wyatt project going forward. Now, speaking of a potential Bray Wyatt project and what that can be for, whether that's WWE Network, Peacock, A&E, or whatnot, A&E announced that they're coming back with a new slate of WWE content on February 25th. WWE did post this on their website, stating, quote, Beginning Sunday, February 25th, WWE and A&E present a new season of WWE Rivals at 8 p.m. Eastern, followed by Biography, WWE Legends at 9, 9 Eastern Pacific. Each series will continue to explore the lives and careers of some of the most beloved and well-known WWE superstars and give viewers unparalleled, uh, unparalleled access through in-depth interviews and archival footage. Kicking off the night each week, WWE Rivals returns with actor and former WWE writer Freddie Prinze Jr. hosting a discussion on some of the most epic rivalries that built WWE. Each one-hour episode features a roundtable of current and former WWE superstars who discuss the dramatic storylines and unforgettable rivalries that define WWE. In the season premiere, the series will examine the infamous animosity between, uh, between superstars Triple H and The Rock, beginning with their heated rivalry over the WWE Championship in the early 2000s. So, we'll stop on that one. Are we not talking about them going for the icy title either? We're not going to talk about the SummerSlam match? With the, the, the ladder match at SummerSlam? Continue. The season continues with other iconic rivalries, including Jake the Snake Roberts versus Macho Man Randy Savage, Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels, John Cena versus Randy Orton, the Hardys versus the Dudleys versus Edge and Christian, as well, and this one's an interesting one, as well as The Miz versus Daniel Bryan. So they are creating an episode featuring around Bryan. Bryan Danielson, Daniel Bryan, even though he's in the other company right now. That's an interesting one that threw me off guard. I was like, whoa. A Bryan episode? Him and Miz? Okay. Then immediately following WWE Rivals each week, biography, WWE Legends. Continuing to convey the intimate, distinctive stories of the lives and events that molded some of the most beloved WWE Legends. Through archival footage and first-hand count interviews, each episode will examine a different legend and showcase their career highlights and the effect they had on the industry and the WWE Universe. The season begins with the enthralling life and career of the youngest world heavyweight champion in WWE history, Randy Orton. 
Other legends featured this season include Sergeant Slaughter, Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, Diamond Dallas Page, the British Bulldog, and undisputed WWE Universal Heavyweight Champion, Roman Reigns. They're doing two episodes, and correct me if I'm wrong here, doing two episodes on current WWE wrestlers. This is the first time that they've done a biography of current wrestlers. I'm going to look this up really fast. Uh, WWE biography episodes. I think this could be... No, I take it back. I'm already wrong. They did a Page episode, or a Charlotte Fleur episode, and a Page episode last season. So those are already two current wrestlers. But if we look at all the ones... We're on season four now. We've got... Look, look, look in. None in season one. Season two, they did do a Bellas episode, but the Bellas are basically done. Edge. They did an Edge episode. And a Rey Mysterio episode in season two. Okay. And then last year they did Paige and Charlotte Flair. So they did do some. They have done some still active wrestlers. So that's cool then. But let me know what you guys think on all of these episodes of Biography. All these episodes of Rivals coming back on February 25th. Also, just to throw it in, Mike Johnson of PW Insider did state yesterday that a new season of Dark Side of the Ring could also be coming, but in March on Vice. No word on who will be covered on that program. Now as we shift over, the last two main stories are AEW stories. As the first one, we're going to talk about one AEW wrestler. who's actually, well, wrestling hurt. We're going to go through a little bit of a timeline here for the, the Swolverine the Machine, Brian Cage. Let's pull this up. On his Instagram, as he stated, quote. Well, I may or may not have gotten a boo-boo last Wednesday night on Dynamite. But I'm not a man. I'm a machine. And the show must go on. Now, last Wednesday, speaking not this past past Wednesday, not two days ago, but the previous week in that fatal four-way match. As we see here, he's all bruised up. This man, all kinds of messed up. Well, then he comes on social media yesterday and states, quote, got my shit in, did my version of OC in the pocket or the Al Bundy suplex, and did it with a torn lat. Who's a machine? This guy. So Brian Cage is working with a torn lat right now. It's unclear how severe the injury is if he's going to need surgery, if he's going to have to take any time off, or if he's just going to work through it. Now, I want to say Brian Cage posted a little more on this on his Twitter as well. Let me pull that up. Um, it's always funny when you see some of these AEW guys. I'll, I'll just pull this up really fast. It's always kind of funny when you see these AEW guys reposting stuff from the WWE game of, hey, look how they, like, hey, we made Brian Cage, and then Brian Cage reposted. I always think that's kind of funny. As far as the injury does go, so yeah, here's some more photos of the bruising, and this is why he was so taped up on Wednesday. If you see right here in the armpit area, all the way up going up the arm, and just another arm shot. 
But if we see recovery time, torn lat recovery time. Now, recovery time varies depending on the strain. With grade one strains, typically only two to three weeks. A grade two, at least a month. A grade three often requires surgery, however, can come with considerable long-lasting effects and a longer recovery as well. So if Brian Cage is already working with the injury, then I would maybe assume it's only a grade one. This is just me assuming, not knowing. Only a grade one. They don't think it's really that bad and that it's going to get better rather quickly. Because really... He's working against Saturday. He's working tomorrow, if you think about it. He's defending those tag titles, those six-man tag titles against Lance Archer and the Righteous on collision tomorrow. So this man is working two matches this week injured with a torn lat. As I've talked about in the past, I've been told by an indie wrestler who's been backstage as an extra for AW, if you say you're injured or you say you're not feeling well or hurt, they still just tell you, eh, go out there and you can get it done. They... Not encourage, that may be the wrong way to say it, you to work hurt. But it's more of a, yeah, you'll be fine kind of thing. I mean, remember Britt Baker worked with that wrist brace and a broken wrist for how long? Just saying. Speaking of AEW, speaking of our, with our final news story here, looks like Warner Brothers Discovery has been touting how successful AEW had last year, calling it a banner year in a press release as the press release states, quote, TBS and TNT, all elite wrestling programming delivered banner year. AEW franchises across Warner Brothers Discovery's networks continue to deliver consistent and top-ranked programming. TBS and TNT and TBS have wrapped up another stellar year of AEW wrestling across its networks, including consistently excuse me, delivering top-ranked programs each week while expanding AEW programming in mid-2023 through TNA's AEW Collision on Saturdays and continuing to broadcast memorable wrestling moments and storylines through TBS's AEW Dynamite on Wednesday nights and TNT's AEW Rampage on Friday nights. AEW programming across TBS and TNT in 2023 ranked in the top 10 of all cable programs among adults under 50 72 times, including 50 times with a top five program that uh, that converted, that coveted, coveted in that coveted demo. Viewership of AW programming on the network saw increasing momentum as the year culminated, reaching 15.6 million total viewers in Q4 2023, up 3% from Q4 2022. Overall, AEW programming reached nearly 4 million viewers each week across TNT and TBS. TBS continued its success into the new year, with this week's AEW Dynamite telecast delivering cable's most watched live sports program of the night among P25 to 54, and second most watched live sports programming on the night among P18 to 49. The program was also up double digits in both demos versus last week's AW Dynamite telecast. Warner Brothers Discovery's action-packed AW programming continues tonight with AEW Rampage Homecoming at 10 p.m. Eastern on TNT and tomorrow with AEW Collision at 8 p.m. Eastern on TNT. Next Wednesday, AEW Dynamite on TBS will feature AEW World Champion Samoa Joe taking on Hook for the title 
presented by Warner Brothers Games Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. So yeah, they're happy with what AEW is doing. They're good, cool with all of this. There's still those lingering rumors of, are they talking to WWE? And if they are or not, I still think this is a good idea. You tout the success AEW is having on your programming. So that way, if you do get WWE, cool, you touted AEW, whatever. But if you don't get WWE, you're touting WWE as a flagship for you guys, telling people, hey, look how good we're doing. Come sponsor this show. So that's that's the main reason you put these press releases out. You tout the big numbers, which is funny. They're only touting the rating, the demo, and not the overall number. Because the overall number was down this week, even though it was only like a percent or half percent or something like that. But you're touting the demo, saying, hey, look at how well we're doing in these demos. Do you want to sponsor us? So that's all this really is for. It's for sponsorship admiration. To be like, hey, look, if you are looking for a show that gets good numbers with young viewers and people that are more likely to buy products, come to us for AW programming. But with that, the show is brought to you by Upscale Bling. So let's hear from them right here. Are you looking to up your accessory game? Why not do so with Upscale Bling? Upscale Bling is your source for in-style chains, watches, rings, and many more awesome products to level up your wardrobe. Not only are their products high quality, but they're also affordable. Don't take just my word for it. Go check them out right now at blingupscale.com. Head over to blingupscale.com right now and use code PWUNLIMITED at checkout to get 20% off your entire order. Again, that's code PWUNLIMITED at checkout for 20% off at blingupscale.com. Check it out today. All right, so like I said, we're changing the format up a little bit of this show. We're not more, it's no more, here's all the WWE news, here's all the AEW news, here's everything else. It's more, here's all the top main stories, and then here are our quick hits. So, let's get in to the quick hits. First one has to do with Alex Hammerstone. And my link is not working. So, the first quick hit story does have to do with, again, like I said, Alex Hammerstone. Fightful writes, quote, Alex Hammerstone hit free agency on January 1st and is already getting bookings. Hammerstone was quickly booked for a marquee match on TNA's Hard to Kill show against former Impact Wrestling champion Josh Alexander. This led to a natural inquisition about his contract status with the company. We've learned that as of last week, Hammerstone hasn't signed a full-time deal with TNA, but there have been discussions regarding the possibility. We have learned that there are some upcoming TNA signings to be announced that they've been working on. However, some of which are already booked for this weekend's event. So Alex Hammerstone is working a big match this weekend, but is not signed with the company. As we move forward, Mike Johnson, the PDB Insider, has an update on WWE's return to New York, stating, quote, the WWE returned to the Barclays Center for 4-1. Well, the WWE will return to the Barclays Center for a 4-1 Monday Night Raw. This will go on sale Friday, 1-19. So tickets for this show at the Barclays Center is set to go on sale next week for an April 1st Monday Night Raw. Which, if I'm thinking correctly, that's the go-home show for WrestleMania. If WrestleMania is the 6th, that's the go-home show. Next up yesterday, it was revealed by WrestleVotes that a group name has been talked about for Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits. The name is The Pride. 
Pride, if you don't know, is just a pack of wolves, or a pack of, not of wolves, but lions. A pack of lions is called a pride, as, like I said yesterday, we all should have learned while watching The Lion King. With that, Bobby Lashley has kind of con confirmed this on social media. To pull this up on the screen. If it wants to come up now. Let's do it this way. The tweet gone? No, here it is. Bobby Lashley. Did change his Instagram or Twitter info. You can see here. This is from Russell Votes. This is their original report on this. And then it says right here, Bobby Lashley's Instagram info says SmackDown, Almighty, and Leader of the Pride. That does confirm that the name is going to be made and announced here relatively shortly. And finally, speaking of some updates from Twitter, we know that Wesley was supposed to win the North American Championship from Dominic Mysterio, but he suffered a knee injury. And Wesley has actually given us an update on his recovery, stating, quote, walking, hands up emoji. That is a good sign. He did undergo surgery, and he is now back walking. So with that, guys, that's all we got for the quick hits tonight. It is Friday night SmackDown on Fox. Four things at the time of this recording have been announced for the show. So let's run those down really quick. First off, they state that all three men that will be facing Roman Reigns at WrestleMania are, quote-unquote, preparing for tonight's Friday Night SmackDown. They state, Randy Orton, LA Knight, AJ Styles, prepare for Roman Reigns. Now, what that really means, I don't know. As far as action does go, we do know that Bianca Belair will be taking on Bayley. Also, that's a new Bianca render that they weren't using last week. Give me that render, please. Give me that render, please. That's a good render. In tag team action, we do know that Joaquin Wilde and Cruz del Toro of the LWO will be taking on Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo. And finally, Cameron Grimes will be going one-on-one -on -one with Grayson Waller. So that is everything for tonight's Friday Night SmackDown. We will be back live recapping that show, breaking it all down for you once that show is off the air. Also, remember, Packed Wrestling Weekend this weekend. We've got the TNA Hard to Kill pay-per-view and we also have the um, New Japan Battle in the Valley show. Both shows, stacked lineups. I won't be reviewing either of those shows because I won't be able to watch them because yesterday was my daughter's birthday. Tomorrow we're doing all the birthday party and family stuff, so I'll be busy with all of that. But if there are any big news coming out of either of those shows, we will report it right here at Pro Wrestling Unlimited and then talk about them more in depth on Monday's Wrestling Wrap-Up. With that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited, YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, and podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, we'll be back live tonight following Friday Night SmackDown. So have a good one, and we'll see you next time.